Welcome back to another episode of the Adaptive Citizens Podcast. This is Elijah, your host. Unfortunately, Ben hasn't, uh, hasn't, <laughs> isn't able to make it tonight. Uh, but tonight we have two guests, um, two of which have very similar names. We have Mike and then we have Mikey with uh, Hardcore Comms or better known as HXC Comms. Uh, they are way more nerdy than I am when it comes to the communication side of things. They have invested a lot of time, many, many years into this, um, neither of which have any military experience, but for some reason that seems to be a thing that a lot of people think is uh, necessary when it comes to communicating with other human beings. You have to have also military (laughs) experience, Um, but we actually do classes with them and plan on doing many more. And we think that they are very valuable individuals with the amount of the abundance of information that they hold when it comes to communication and communication and networking. So we brought them onto the podcast today uh, to kind of bullshit, talk, answer some questions that people have, generalized questions that people have that I'm going to try to reciprocate to them. Um, try to stay on topic because these guys are fun individuals. But uh, yeah, uh, anyways, without further ado, thank you guys for coming on the podcast. How you doing? Glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, finally, you know, finally making it over here to be on the podcast. I know. So it's just so people aren't confused as to who is Mike and who is Mikey. Uh, let's start with Mike because that's who I was first associated with. Mike, introduce yourself. Who are you? All right. You my name is, my name's Mike. I guess you could say I'm like the the founder and, you know, let's say lead educator for um, Hardcore Comms. Um, I had the bright idea to, uh, you know, to start doing this. Uh, I don't know. I just had enough people that told me like, hey, you should start uh, giving out this information to people. And I decided, hey, why not? So um, started, well, my radio journey started probably at this point about six years ago. Um, You know, started down the amateur radio uh, type category, got into that kind of got burned out a little bit um just because the ham radio hobby is full of gatekeepers and old guys and you know it's like you think gun people have fuds like the ham radio community is just that is like the only people that there is Mm -hmm. so um definitely getting started there got burned out kind of dropped it for a little while and Finally decided to start kind of trying to give some of this information to people that don't know it. Right. And through some helpful coercion from, you know, you, uh, I decided to, you know, start an education company as it started out with. And I needed a logo and happened to uh, know this uh, guy over here to my left, Mikey. And uh, he designed, you know, kind of my first logo and got going there. And then he decided earlier this year that, hey, I think we can do some more stuff with this. And here we are now. And, you know, we uh, we got a website up and some merch on there. No, and it's like a legit thing. Yeah. It's, it's real. It's, We're it's wearing really t-shirts. scary. I got a T-shirt today. I'm stoked about it. <laughs> I'm stoked about it. I'm glad I can wear something that's not mine. As yeah. I'm wearing another buddy's company as well. Spade, yeah. Shout out to Spade 7 Tactical. What's <laughs> up, my dude? Um, but so, no, yeah. no, that's awesome. Mikey, uh, how did you get involved with uh, – what's your perspective of how you got involved with HXC comms and communications? Uh, I mean, I feel like it was mostly my birthright. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> Mike and I Mike and I grew up together. We played in bands together. We're both like small town dudes with 
you know, similar interests, similar hobbies. Um, we reconnected as uh, grownups at a buddy's wedding, and he was like, he hit me up because he was like, "Hey, you get like the hardcore aesthetic. You understand like the DIY community. So like, can you make this logo for me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, totally." And so I sat down and did that, and then uh, we were just hanging out, and like I just kept thinking like in my head of all these cool ways that like Mike could grow his business. So originally my intent was just to be like. Oh, okay, like I'm a, I've got a marketing background. I understand business inherently. I understand like networking. Let me just, just drop some of these ideas that I've been thinking about to Mike and have him kind of take the ball and run with them. And what that turned into was the realization that Mike was like, okay, I have all this information. I have this brain, like, like a, like a scientist where I just retain information. And, and I just like, he's light years above like anyone else when it comes to like just technical understandings of how things work. But the trade-off I would say for that is that he's using up all that noggin space for all these technical and scientifical things. Uh, doesn't leave a lot of room for like marketing in the business side. So I come in strong with that background. So we're kind of like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich of like nerd yeah. where I, I just kind of started filling the void for him. And then eventually Mike just was kind of like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to do this with me? Like this can be a thing we can grow together because I originally pitched it to him. I was just like, Hey, here's some things I think you should do. And then I wrote, <laughs> I made a business plan, like a one pager with like hardcore comms graphics and like clear call outs of like action items and stuff and like organize the business. And he was just like, yeah, you're coming with me. Like <laughs> we're, we're doing this together. Dope. Like this is a, this is a, this is now a team mission. So yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Right so on. it was, it was definitely one of those things that, you know, uh, realize your strong points and, you know, realize, I should say, maybe when you're in over your head. Mm-hmm. And I, from the technical aspect, from the actual knowledge point, mm-hmm. I was very solid. But when it actually came to, like, making it a business, like, that was the part where it was just completely outside yeah. my realm. You know, of, like, how could you actually turn this into something? Right. Without so, being, like, a greedy bastard oh yeah exactly we talked about that a lot where people are just raping individuals on certain oh yeah things when it comes to communications and it's not necessarily fair because we know what actually goes into doing that yeah but at the same time it's like from a business perspective until you look at it from that you're like oh okay i kind of understand to an extent why people would do certain things um but still there's there's areas where you could be better where you can do better, you can offer better things, better options than other companies. Yeah, that's kind of what got me into comms in the first place. So I, you know, I, I'm a before before I was a radio guy. I'm I'm a very avid off roader. You know, I my truck's all built up. It's set up for off grid camping, and I I ventured out into uh, the Frank Church Wilderness of No Return with some friends who are like much better off-roaders than me, more capable. And um, we decided, I think, at like 9 o'clock at night where we were going to camp. And I, one of my friends goes, hey, we have this buddy that's meeting us, but he's, he's coming in from Seattle. And if you're not familiar with the Treasure Valley area, that's about eight hours away, give or take. And I was like, we just decided where we were going to camp. We looked at like 40 spots. Like, how do you how's he going to know? He was like, Oh, I, I actually, um, we're both ham radio operators and we use this technology called APRS. And what I'm going to do is cause we're on the top of this mountain, I'm going to turn on this beacon and he knows about a 40 mile like radius of where we said we were going to be. Once he hits that radius, he's going to be able to see our exact location down to the foot. And we're going to be able to talk over radio. And I was like, what? 
And it, sure enough, one o'clock in the morning, he comes trudging in and we hear him coming up over the radio and I go and look on his, his tablet that he's got in his truck. And there's this little beacon with a call sign and a name. And I was literally like, I have to learn how to do this because yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, if you go look at some of the options that are out there, like, you know, there's some great out-of-the-box solutions, Garmin InReach, you know, but that's like a subscription service, and not everyone has $1,400 to spend on a GPS unit and then $200 a month to spend on the service outside of the emergency services after that. So learning, you know, learning how to do that myself was my initial goal with radio. Like, that's as far as I wanted to go. I was just like, okay, I'm going to learn how to do this stuff. Um, and then just like any other passion or any other hobby, you know, I started getting into it and realizing the capability of radio and just like really sinking my teeth into the nerdiness. And then I met Mike and, uh, my life was just ruined at that point. Cause it's just all like <laughs> radios, antennas, accessories, uh, ham radio club meetings, you well, know, and then you get into the tactical side of things too, which yeah, that opens a whole nother realm. Yeah. At you least know, it's, from my perspective, I think it does. You know, there's a, there's a shall we say a prepper element to the, you know, to the amateur radio community, but they're like prepper casual, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) they're, you know, they think they have an idea of what's going on, but you, you're like, "Ah, I'm going to pick apart your plan real quick. Yeah. Um, and so going back and forth, it was like, okay, well, how do you mount a radio on a plate carrier? And how do you do it, like, effectively? Right. You know, and that's – I would hope that that's kind of where we come into the solution. Right. Is that it's one of those – it's like, yeah, there's multiple places online that you can go and study for a ham radio exam and that type of stuff. But, you know, like that – that is free-flowing knowledge everywhere. Yeah. We're trying to be the people that are like, okay, but here's here's how you'd set this shit up to actually run it. Yeah. And – you know, that's kind of what we like to pride ourselves in. Yeah. And, you know, we've we've definitely done the education thing. Um, you know, we're starting to expand our curriculum a little bit more and, you know, definitely trying to expand that and, and do the, you know, do the teaching side of things. Um, so, you know, not to give a, uh, not to give a, you know, shameless plug here, but if you go to our website, hardcorecoms.com, we actually have like a consulting uh, tab. And so if you're, you know, you're interested in having us come out and teach a class, uh, teach a streaming class or do any sort of, you know, Hey, I got a question about a radio system, that type of stuff. You can go there, click on that link. It shoots us an email and you know, it's a lot more efficient than trying to do it through, you know, Instagram DMS, you know, as much as I love people sliding into my DMS, like (laughs) it gets a little chaotic. So, so I think that in the other thing that, you know, you kind of touched on there with like the prepper community, quote unquote, like I always try to look at us as we try to be good stewards to the preparedness community. Right. right? And I think the tactical community falls under that. Yeah. Um, but really, I hate the word prepper at this point. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, oh. it's a very, it's just like, it's, it's just like the word so training. Cringe. Yeah. It's like the word training. Sure. Or, or like the word goon. It's very, what do you mean? At this, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's very vague. Yeah. Um, everyone's got their own meanings for it. Everyone's got their own, uh, perspective or, or, uh, perceived notion of, of what that means. And it means something different to everybody. And some people are at different levels of that. Some people are taking like every single level of their life into self-sufficiency and preparedness. And other ones are like, yeah, I got a gun. You know what I mean? They're like, that's it. Well, you know, Um, that's the one thing we always try to like, 
express to people is it's like, yeah, you may have a radio, you know, you bought that Baofeng and you, you know, you stuffed it on the shelf and you put it in the, you know, charger crate cradle and you look at it and you go, well, when shit goes down, I have a radio. <laughs> and it's one of those that it's like, what are you even doing? Like mm-hmm. you, like, do you know how to run it? Do you know how to program it? Do you know anything? You know, and so it's one of those, it's like, you need to like really learn how all this shit works Yeah, because unfortunately when the world falls apart, you don't have tech support in your back pocket. You know, the internet's not going to be there to save your ass. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like print shit off and put it in a binder. Like (laughs) you're better off doing that. Yeah. I mean, even right now. Yeah. While you have internet, you should be doing that. Yeah. I mean, with whatever it is that you plan on, like it's something you're either interested in, like for us, like homesteading, we're doing that with like homesteading, growing plants, like traditional ways of like creating and or building or baking or growing things. Right. And I think a lot of people have missed that, especially nowadays. Everyone's like, well, I'll just Google it. It's like, what if Google's down, bro? And it's like a dire situation. Like well, you got a hungry family. My wife and I, we have quite the library. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mikey can attest to this. Um, and I think he's only seen maybe a quarter of of our books. You know, they've got books. They got yeah. books for days. Well, I, mean, I remember. I know your wife yeah. a little bit. And, and she's we... to- yeah, she's totally into like foraging. And... Oh no, I learned that without asking. <laughs> <laughs> I, when we went out and we were, went out for Ben's birthday yeah. at the cabin, we were all like making that that Ben has this breakfast he makes yeah. over a fire in a cast iron pot, and we were standing around. I think it was you, me, and Ben. We're just bullshit yep. about the government or something. She comes out and she's like, "Yo, there's men everywhere." <laughs> and we're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> What's her? I was thoroughly impressed. You know what I mean? Like, I would have never known that. You yeah. know, like, like that. I think it's a very valuable skill that a lot of people don't. They don't know shit like that. What's her plan account? Shout it out. So uh, people follow it. Verted cryptids. Verted cryptids. Yeah. So she's yeah. super into like house plants. Is like okay. her main jam. But she's gotten more into. This is the, like an Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's got yeah. like a little company. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> How the fuck. Yeah. You guys are gonna shout it out, and I don't even know about yeah. it. Yeah, I feel like so. An yeah, you can go follow her. She uh, she posts some pretty good memes if you're into house plants. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, so she's you know she's the yin to my yang. You know, she definitely is way more into like the foraging and mm-hmm. like that type of stuff. But you know, it's like we just we collect books. We just buy books and like stuff them on the shelf. You know, and it's like I got into baking bread like about. Dude, the wife's been doing that. It's fucking phenomenal, dude. It's Once awesome. you like you level up into like I'm not the... about that. She does it though. I'm all about eating it and testing it. Oh, that's <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, that's some of the best part of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I I decided to like up the difficulty and go to like heroic level. Oh, and uh, I haven't gone to like uh what, like whatever the top level would be where I'm actually growing the wheat. But mm. I've I've gotten to the point where I'm actually grinding my own wheat. Yeah, I remember and you were talking about that. We were talking. I will say, ago. holy crap. Like, hang on to your butts here in, like, probably six months because the price of wheat – I went and bought another uh, 100 pounds of wheat uh, earlier this week, uh, and it cost me almost double is what it cost me in April. What is it usually for a bag of wheat? I bought 50 pounds of hard white wheat berries – 
in April and it cost me $15 for 50 pounds. It cost me 24 for 35 pounds. Okay. Yeah. It was one of those where it's like, okay, hang on, because we price it like that loaf of bread that used to cost $3 is going to cost like 10. Well, so, and I heard about that though, and I, I'm going to get the math completely wrong, but even if, I think it was, even if bread was marked up a hundred percent off of what it's like, it is right now, it's still only going to go up like 25 cents or something like that. Well, and it That's, does depend I, on like where they're getting it from, right? But, and you know, if you're buying Dave's Famous, like if you're buying the good bread with the nuts and shit on God, top, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it is so good. It's so. I'm good. from Oregon. I know that shit very well. Yeah, it's very, very Oregon esque. Yeah, you know everything yeah. organic with all the everything bagel shit. Like that's all Oregon, bro. Shout out Dave's Killer Bread. Yeah, yeah dude, we are yeah, not Dave's sponsored. Kill- yeah. <laughs> no zero affiliation. Yeah, we just love your bread, dude. Yeah. yeah. I'm all, does he still have like the buff guy on the on the? That's Dave. I know, but is he still? Is that still oh, their yeah. marketing? Because oh, yeah. they stopped doing that with like the the string cheese guy. guy. Did you see that? Yeah, because oh, it was, it was toxic. Sh- it was toxic masculinity. Uh, yeah. Well, another one bites the dust, bro. I mean, I'm not gluten intolerant. Dave can fly his freak flag, but do uh, you know you know his story, right? You know that he's an ex-con, and he started baking bread in prison. And uh, in when, what his toilet? No, the, I think they had like a I think they had like a prison kitchen that they could use. But yeah. then when he got out and turned his life around, um, one of the reasons that company is so famous and like makes all these like business articles and stuff is because he's one of the biggest corporations that routinely hires felons. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, and they and they rehabilitate them and help them get their lives together and they have accountability programs and yeah. like sobriety programs and stuff. Yeah. So, like really cool stuff that he does for the community. I love stuff like that. Like I had I worked for uh my buddy back in the day. I don't remember how I met him. It's it's been a while. Like him and I don't even talk anymore. It's been a long time. But like back in the day I did like general contracting, so I'd like painting, drywall, framing stuff like that with him like installing can lights just random jobs right um and it was just because i was going through like a weird transition through jobs and he was i had no idea the entire time but this guy was an ex-con and one of the most straight squared away fucking dudes that i've ever met and i don't mean straight by sexuality yeah. i mean just like straight away straight edge kind of guy like, he was actually gay as fuck yeah, no, <laughs> yeah <I know. laughs> no he had a wife and kids you know what i mean like no like we but that doesn't our, mean shit. our relationship <laughs> 2022 <laughs> our relationship was it's called a beard we would dude we would work out no i didn't have a beard we would we would go to work and then we'd come back from work and so he was my ride at the time because i didn't have a job i was or or, or a car i was a piece of shit right so i didn't have any car or any job or anything and i was like couch hopping and so i would walk to his house in the morning at like 6 a.m we leave by like 7 a.m and we come back at like 4 or 5 p.m and then we go into his house hit the fridge fucking drink a coors or a bush light and then we go out into his front yard and we start benching that was our bro. That was our life. Like we would that start. That literally like, sounds like the gayest thing I've ever heard. Hey, yeah. But what else do pr- like felons do though? You know what I mean? Like this. Oh like, yeah, yeah. This guy used to do meth and all sorts of shit, and so now he's like drinking beer. You know, we used to drink beer and watch football. That was our thing, and so I don't know. That's what I did. But he was like, I actually even went on a radio show one time. Um, I called them while we were on the job site. Because they had, it was, I can't remember what it was, but there's this, this guy, a uh, real conservative older guy that a lot of people know. I can't even remember his name, um, but he does. Rush Limbaugh. 
that might be who it is. <laughs> Rest in peace, Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Did he die? Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, as fuck, he's dude. dead. As <laughs> yeah. Did he have a talk show in Oregon? He's he's based in Oregon. <clears throat> no, Rush would be like yeah, he's, he's like, like a politician. I think it, well, no, no I think it wasn't he would Rush. melt if he walked into the stuff for the <laughs> state of Oregon. <laughs> okay, no, there was there, there's a different guy that has a talk show. If somebody's gonna know what it is, they're gonna yeah. Somebody's me somebody is screaming it into mm-hmm. like their phone right now. Anyways, he had this topic that came up, and they were talking about how felons, you know, they add like no value to like uh, the workforce. And I called him and I called him out like on this fucking live, bro. I heard uh-huh. because we listened to his show and we loved his show. Yeah. Uh, because that was like the only conservative show that was on the radio in Oregon. And so I was like, yo, first of all, your whole stance on this is fucking wrong. I'm currently at a work site making money employed by a fucking felon. And he is the most trustworthy individual I've ever met in my entire life. The fact that he went to prison for selling firearms and also being on meth the same time has <laughs> nothing to do with it. Like, people can change their lives. If you knew me when I was 21 years old, I was racing cars on the street, running from the cops, and doing cocaine. You look at me now. I was like minus the cocaine. That's what we did right before this, though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We did a bunch of lines before we started this podcast. Yeah. But no, like, I, that's who I was. And a lot of people don't expect that when they meet me. They don't, like, there's not, like, the sight. I don't have any teeth missing. You know, I don't have a bunch of fucking pits in my face. You know what I mean? Like, I don't look like a crackhead. But, like, when you get to know me, you start to realize I have, like, these weird tics. I'm very, like, ADHD, all this shit. You know what I mean? Um, but one of the realest fucking dudes I've ever met in my life. You know, I, I don't know where he's at now. I don't know how he's doing. I hope he's doing good. But, you know, felons are fucking, that's, that's dope. I love shit like that. Like, even when, when I went to military school, we had these denim jackets for, like, winter that were, like, they were, like, um, padded. Or not padded, but, like, a like shirt-aligned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, like, wool-lined yeah. and shit. It was, like, super, super warm. And they're like, yeah, they were made by the prison, prison dudes, you know, yeah. down the street from here. And we're like... I'm wearing a prison jacket. You know what I mean? But like, it's hella nice, you know? Like, hey, they, there was like a wood shop and shit for the prison. But like, it's dope that they're doing stuff like that. Like, they're giving back to the community because yeah. they, they kind of fucked up, you know? And I think that that's a, that's a good thing. I think they need things like that. Like, it, anyone out there that's been to prison, please tell us if there's a funny double entendre for prison jacket. I just want to know if that's something really hilarious, if it's got a code meeting. It sounds like a word that has a code meeting, right? I mean, prison pocket sounds more than... Yeah. <laughs> Than, than a prison jacket. How but, many prison pockets your prison jacket got, dude? Yeah, I mean, he, my buddy told me so many things about like, you, you know, you pull your pocket out, you, you pull your pocket out, yeah, and then a dude would come up and like grab it, and you're his bitch now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he'd tell me shit like that, or they yeah, walk Tom up Segura and pull. Has yeah. a joke about that? Oh, oh does he? Does yeah. he? It's oh, great. Oh my pocket. Yeah, it's good. No, I didn't know that, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like they would like put their hand in your pocket, pull your pocket out, and be like, "You're my bitch now." <laughs> And that's why I was like, I can't ever go to prison. Like, if there's ever a situation where it's like, you're going to prison, I'm going to die that day. I am way too, I am way too pretty for prison, bro. It ain't, ain't going to happen. Dude. I can't do it. It's okay. You just go to a woman's prison. Yeah. No, yeah, that's I the am, thing you could do I now. am a transgender. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just be like, I identify as a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a trans woman. Yeah. That's what I am. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I put this dick on me. I wasn't born with it. Yeah. Fuck what the birth certificate says. Yeah. That's, that's a fake. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. God. Anyways, I don't know how we got on that subject. We were talking about bread. That's... We were talking about dicks being stapled onto your body. Yeah. No, I 
I I mean, I think that it it just goes to show that like one of the things that's solely lacking and one of the reasons that and I'll just shamelessly, you know, flatter you that I, I like what you're doing um, and I believe in what we're doing and what a lot of our friends are doing is because community is such a vital part to like growth as a human, yeah. right? We, like the wrong community can take you down the worst road like super quick. So you yeah. have to find like, you know, people are like vibe with your tribe or whatever hippie like woo shit they want to say. But like realistically. <laughs> That's so woke, bro. I know. You <laughs> vibe be... with your tribe. I see that on that <laughs> Etsy t-shirt. Bro, I feel like I feel like you can't say tribe. I feel like that's not woke because that's like taking like cultural I appropriation. Tri- I, I think tribe is a very primal word to me. It's just it's it's just like I think of like you know natives back in the day. They were like and 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 you you hear like the slur or not slur, but like more of like an insult. Like they're savages. Like no. They were savages. These motherfuckers would tear your fucking scalp off and laugh about it because you're a little bitch who put you in your place. You know what I mean? Like my wife's a registered fucking native, so I can say these things. No, <laughs> like I'm, I'm all about shit like that. And then you look at like I think that natives are a great uh, like uh, example for like government too when you get into that that topic yeah like, trust don't the government up. ask a native yeah. ask yeah. a native yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, see ask them their perspective on see it. how that worked out for them yeah. yeah yeah but um but no i agree community is a very very vital part part to what you guys are doing and what we're doing and i think that when people see how we are working in collaboration with one another as two different entities to benefit the the community that we've created separately and together uh, people realize how much value there is, you know, when we're working together, you know, and like I told you in the beginning, like I'm only w- like when we do a class, I, t- I take 25 bucks a head off of that. You yeah. take the rest because you're the educator. I'm not doing, I'm just facilitating this. And our, that's something me and uh, my wife were talking about earlier today when it came to like merchandise, like people are like, oh yeah, you're just another merch company. People that don't know anything or haven't invested in any thought or have asked me anything. And like, my goal with selling merchandise wasn't to make money. When I started this, I wasn't even taking any money for it. I wasn't making any money for it. And people are like, yo, you got to like look at this differently. Um, if you want to like continue this shit, like that doesn't make any sense. You know? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. where Mikey comes in. Yeah, right? that's, yeah. That's where Mikey came in. He looked at me and went, yo, so at some point you need to make money. Right. And so <laughs> for, for us, it was like, so the money matters because if we're not making any money, we can't continue what we're doing, which is ex- like, so many people are benefiting from what we're doing, even from just a simple find your tribe post on our, on our Instagram. Yeah. Um, but if the money that we're making from what we're doing, if that continues from the sales of merchandise, the overall goal for operational industries is that I pay you to teach the class in order for the education to be free to the public. So you go, Hey, for X amount of fucking students that, I'm willing to teach at a time because you can't have too many. You know what I mean? So let's say that you have 20 students that want to take a intro to comps class. These people would sign up on our website and we would cap it out at 20. Okay, class is full. I pay you what you would charge per student. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it would be free to the student. My goal is to give the education that is needed to the community for free. Yeah. And because the only place I make money is merchandise. So if I'm not selling anything through operational industries, I can't do that. 
Yeah. So that's why we push a lot of the community thing. And this isn't just for communications. This is for navigation, fucking medical, firearms. I mean, anything involving preparedness. And we want to offer all of it. And I want all of it to be free. I mean, for the average Joe, for guys that are working nine to fives, I, I was working a fucking six to six graveyard had no life outside of that and then on top of that people were like you know you're, you're like the sole fucking provider for your family how are you going to afford a fucking fifteen hundred dollar weekend flight ammunition lodging then the class you know and then you're like okay was it even worth it you know what i mean like people are questioning these things because they don't know who you are they don't know the educators this is like new information like you know what i mean how do you how do you measure that if you don't have any prior experience with it so that's why I argue with a lot of people and they're like, oh, you need like military experience to teach communications. No, the fuck you don't. No, you don't. Yeah. yeah it's, it's actually the opposite. The military relies on civilian communications sometimes, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you have, so, you know, especially in the, uh, you know, back in the day you had programs like Mars, which was a military auxiliary radio service. And it was literally guys that were in the military that had amateur radio licenses that would, you know, and we're talking like Vietnam and Korea mm -hmm. where there's no like direct communication back to the there's States. No infrastructure. There's no infrastructure. And so, you know, they were talking, you know, back and forth from, you know, Korea and Vietnam and relaying messages back to the States, um, you know, via essentially amateur radio. Right. Um, and providing that service so that, you know, people over there, you know, military members could talk to their families and get messages back home. Um, you know, even if it was a, you know, it's a phone patch, you mm -hmm. know, where they could literally essentially hook radio to radio up to a, you know, phone mm -hmm. so that someone could talk to their, you know, talk to their wife or talk to their kids. And it was all facilitated through amateur radio. Right. Um, you know, uh, amateur radio has a very strong, you know, heritage of, you know, essentially stepping up when, you know, everything else has goddamn failed. Yeah. Um, you know, Department of Homeland Security actually essentially contracts with uh, amateur radio operators because the military is not allowed to operate on amateur radio frequencies. Um, you know, when the when the FCC says right this now, is anyways. amateur, yeah, it, yeah, yeah right it, it'll <laughs> change in a goddamn second. But yeah, you know, the government will say, oh well, we could sell this off for a couple billion dollars, and right, you know, we'll go ahead and sell off their frequency space. Fuck them. The Radio mm -hmm. Patriot Act. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's one of those, like, Depart Department of Homeland Security contracts with uh, – or I shouldn't say contracts, but, you know, they work with uh, amateur radio. I think that one's called uh, – is that Racy's? Yeah, Racy's is Department of Homeland Security. Yeah, sounds a lot like racist. Uh, it's real close. <laughs> yeah. If you mess that one up in Google, you may get some interesting uh, results. <laughs> um but, yeah, so, you know, it's one of those that's out there. And, you know, I don't know. I go back and forth on whether or not, you know, I think that the – I like the amateur radio community that I'm a part of. Yeah. Right, yeah, but there's a lot of that. There's a lot of – there's a lot of people out there that are just, just worthless. Yeah. And, you know, and it gives – so then, you know, the, the problem is is then downstream it gives everybody a bad taste in their mouth. You know, it's like I look at the – so the, the big one for amateur radio is the ARRL, 
um, the Amateur Radio Relay League. Uh, something like that. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I have a knack for uh, storing acronyms in this brain, and it is absolutely disgusting. Yeah, um, I could see that. But anyways, uh, so yeah, the ARRL is basically the amateur radio version of the NRA. Oh. And they are just the worst yeah the government came for some of our some of our band or spectrum and they were like yeah yeah here you go uh they served it up on a silver platter yeah they basically just like rolled over and went here you go yep wow and just i mean sold it off to i think they i think they sold it off to a cell phone band yeah um and you know for 5g and infrastructure or something like that and they were just like here you go you can have it we aren't gonna use it um you know and it's like they didn't even put up a fight at all so it's like which you is, know, people that's are, a lot like the NRA. Yeah, why exactly. do I pay you dues? Uh, yeah, people are stock. like, Who oh, needs well, them? are you, you know, are you an are you ARRL member? I'm like, why would I be a member to them? Like, yeah. why? Like, yeah. what have they done I for me? I get a me? cool magazine every three months. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you get QST magazine. Like some I, cringy photos. I do get the ARRL <clears throat> magazine, and I just want to go on record as saying, I hate it, it's dog shit, and I won't be renewing my membership. <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally 90% advertisements. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, like, it's like only like radio. pages. Three major amateur radio like receiver makers. It's like oh okay, god. we got like four advertisements for ICOM. Like oh my god, yeah. It it is it is sometimes literally the worst. So let me let me let me ask you guys this because I know there's probably people listening to this who are like oh my god, it's a communications podcast. Like I'm super interested in comms and everything they've talked about so far is completely useless. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so it's like for. It's the bait and switch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So for a lot of the people that are at least involved or have shown interest in operational industries, I've gotten a a lot of questions about, hey, I got like this UV5R. Um, Fang gang. Yeah, Fang gang. Like, you know, that's where a lot of people start. That's where I recommend a lot of people start just to kind of familiarize, familiarize themselves with comms in general. Um, because it's it, you're not spending hundreds of dollars or over a hundred dollars um, for a radio that you know nothing about its capabilities or you know can you use this with other people yada 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 you know the difference between DMR and analog and it, nobody knows that shit. So if you were to talk to somebody now. We've had an intro to comms class and we've talked about this before where even your intro to comms class I feel like is still even almost too fucking advanced for the like the retard Barney version that everyone needs because it's you're like, so it's like drinking from a fire hose. So we yeah, have it's yeah. <laughs> you know the whole fucking time like so much information but I just have simple questions like I have a UV5R what is the first step that you would tell me to make in order like so let's say I have a little tiny group 3 4 guys if I have a UV5R, what should I do in order to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, to practice with your radio? Yeah, essentially practice to, and like maximize. To, to maximize the effectiveness of what I'm utilizing based off the price that I spent uh, without getting into trouble. So at the same time, I know, fuck the FCC, but <laughs> they, 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 you know, they say that you need to have uh a license and a lot of yeah, people are like, well, you're supposed to be licensed this, license and the other. for this. So, and... so I'm going to take off, um, I'm going to take off my cool guy hat for like two seconds and, and just give a little disclaimer. Um, I am not telling you that you should go out and unlock your UB five R and use it on non ham frequencies and operate it without a license. So I'm gonna put my cool guy hat back on. That's totally what I would do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was really fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I, I think, I think, 
what I what I always try to relate it to people, especially like like gun gun people, is okay. So you go buy your pistol and then you stand in the lane and you shoot that pistol until you're accurate with it, right? Right. That's like learning the basic settings of your radio. That's like sitting down and and so the the fundamentals are you should understand how to navigate your menu of your UV5R. You should understand how to program it or get it programmed. Right. You should understand how to switch between frequency and memory mode so that you're like looking at your stored memories and you can dial up a frequency, right? That's lane shooting, that's basic operation. Now if you want to start moving and shooting and you want to up the ante, then what you're going to do is you're going to figure out a way to uh, make that work for you with your communications needs. Right. And when I say that, what I mean is, okay, we're going to swap out that rubber ducky antenna now and we're going to put on a cattail, shout out cattail, um, and we're going to run in our plate carrier. We're going to we're going to have a push to talk of some sort, uh, either on the cheap with just getting the little push button like trucker mic or, you know, getting real, real fancy with the Disco 32 stuff. And then we're going to hook it into our headset. And now we're going to start setting a communications goal. We're going to come up with a pace plan. We're going to figure out, like, why do we need to communicate? And just practice talking and keying up. Because that's honestly most people's, like, big hurdle. Yeah. Is they they hear, like, okay, if you push that button and talk on ham radio frequencies, then you're going to get this fine from the FCC and the boogeyman's going to come get you. But what they don't realize is that there's other frequencies out there. There's FRS, there's GMRS, there's other stuff out there that you can use and you can just start MERS. talking. MERS. Yeah. MERS, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of us, like within our group, we utilize GMRS um, just when we're on the range. And a lot of that is, uh, I recommend people, so this is me from a non-coms or non-licensed uh, perspective of somebody that's within the gun realm. This is my advice is starting with like a GMRS frequency and just kind of keying up and talking to those of the people that are on that same frequency within a, like a close proximity. Don't worry about distance. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Just kind of understand how they're utilized. Don't use your actual names. Don't use actual locations. Um, keep it very short and sweet. Uh, stop the moaning. Nobody wants to hear you moan in my ear. Um, that's, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of that that happens, but like <laughs> utilize, like here with some weird radio dudes. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is my group. Um, but there's dudes like you'll be on the range and they'll just moan in your ear. Um, and would you say you found your tribe? I did. I found them. <laughs> A bunch of Kings. Um, but no, so like it's, I, I recommend that a lot of people start out with GMRS frequencies because it's, it's, it's very simple. They're not oh, as yeah. utilized, it's, especially depending on where you are. It's very like low barrier to entry. Yeah. And you know, <clears throat> the thing I always like to say is like, it's a push to talk, not a push to think. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, 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 if you're ever having problems like talking on the radio, write that shit down and then read it off the paper. Right. Then, this is, then push the push. Yeah, push the, talk, push the talk and then just read it off the paper what you want to say. Yeah. Because that will get you over that mic fright. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll get you past that hurdle. Because mm-hmm. um, it is. It's like as soon as there's a mic on, everybody's brain, like, leaves the fucking room. And they just, just start like, moaning. It's super yeah, weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's a good – yeah. I like but, that. you know, it's like, yeah, the – you know, so FRS and GMRS, they share the same frequencies. Yeah. They're literally the same frequency space. Yeah. Um, you know, I like to tell people, you know, whenever you're at the thrift store, like – Go through the electronics bin and buy every FRS radio that you can for that, like, 
you know, the power goes out in the neighborhood and you can go hand them out to your neighbors. And, yeah. then, you know, they're super easy because you can say, go to channel 13 and, like, right. you know, we can have a conversation. You know, this gets back to that whole, like, know your neighbors thing. Like, yeah, we've talked about that quite a few times. Yeah, it's like you should know and, you know, understand, like, hey, you know, if the power goes out, hey, I should probably, you know, if I have an elderly neighbor, I should maybe, like, Make sure make that sure their CPAP machine is <laughs> exactly. Make sure that their oxygen machine is like not gonna break or something yeah. like that. You know, it's like everybody goes to like the worst possible place when it's you know China's they talk invading. about yeah. It's like China's invading. It's like it, well, I mean, you could just have like a wildfire near your house and it took out you know a, a substation. Well, in places like my town where it's all volunteer, we yeah. don't have like actual firefighters you know, exactly. on call all the time. You may have a situation where it's like, okay, the gu- you know the the CIA isn't like you know locking down my city to do you know door to door gun searches. Yeah, it may just be like, hey, the fucking power's out and it's going to be out for like two days. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we should have a way that I can contact my neighbors to just like do a wellness check. Yeah, you know, so it's you know that's one thing that. It seems like everybody goes to their worst, you know, their worst case scenario. But yeah, like yeah. FRS, GMRS, it's a great place to start. Um, it, the barrier to entry super low. Um, you know, it's like the highest, highest end GMRS radio is like 150 bucks. Yeah, and you I know. and I own that radio and it's sick as hell. Yeah, um, yeah, he's so proud of that fucking <laughs> radio. I fucking love that radio. Seriously, man. running like, the bell thing. Like I thought that I had a lot of like radios. But he is quit. Mikey is quickly taking that from me in the amount of handhelds that he has. Does he, he have has. that gangster one that you have? Where the you're IC listening to the airplane and stuff? He doesn't have the IC705 yet, yeah. but I have a feeling that I see, that is see like, my knowledge. I'm like, I just call it the gangster one. Yeah. Also, honey, <laughs> if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, he's exaggerating. I don't have that many radios. <laughs> I know we got a wedding coming up, and um, they're all for the business. They're justified purchases. I love yeah. you. Tax I love their so tax much. Write-offs. Yeah. 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 I, so I. I I think that that's that's a great starting point. So here's where the the huge barrier for 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 radio comes in, right? Okay, is because your next step up is okay. I can try. I can talk vehicle to vehicle. I can talk on the range. I can talk when I'm rucking with my friends. Right. But now the next obvious choice is okay. Well, you live in New Plymouth and I live in Boise. How can we talk to each other on a radio? So that's where it gets complicated, right? Yeah, that's when you start needing to take classes. Well, you don't necessarily – you don't have to take classes necessarily. So like, so like a retard like me, I need to take a class. Uh, I, you'd be surprised. So one thing that you get with GMRS is you actually get access to repeaters. And so what a repeater is is it's it's essentially a radio antenna that's up on like a big tower or a vantage point or a mountain. Mm-hmm. And radio all works off of line of sight, right? So if you right. can see that – Line, if your radio can see that antenna and my radio can see that antenna, well, that antenna, that repeater will then take your signal and transmit it to me and vice versa. Right. And so that's the, that's the one thing that like, I like push home. Cause I'm, I'm, I don't want to go get licensed for anything. Like I am at, because I'm a part of the amateur radio community. But if this wasn't my business, I would be going rogue baby, but for 35 that's bucks, how a lot of us are. Yeah. Well, for, for 35 bucks, you get access to a repeater, right? That's, yeah. you pay pay the fee, now you, you pay the troll toll, now you get to get into the repeater. Yeah. And fuck and, taxes. Yeah, for sure. Fuck taxes. <laughs> for no shout out taxes. Taxation go, is theft. That's <laughs> accurate, 1000%. But 
one of the cool things about GMRS repeaters is, uh, unlike ham, ham radio repeaters, they're actually private. Right. So you could you could theoretically have a repeater where you only whitelist your friends in your community. Right. And you can start practicing concepts like check-ins. You could also do that with CB. It would be a little bit harder. Um, that technology is readily available and it's out there. But I would say that that's kind of the next progression, right? So we're, we're moving and shooting and talking. We're local. And now we're going to start having a, a localized check-in. We're just, you know, we're going to say, okay, every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, everyone's going to jump on the GMRS repeater and we're just going to check in, talk about our day, get comfortable using our equipment. That's like ham radio light. For at that point, and then everything else after that, that's like the wizard shit where like you come to me and Mike and you're like, okay, now, now how I do be- I send an email or a from picture? Like, yeah, yeah, how do I send a picture from the middle of the Idaho backcountry when I haven't had cell phone reception for the last hour and a half? Mm-hmm. That's that is where you start, like, that's where you start tickling my fancy. Mm-hmm. Like, he Mikey definitely takes over in the like handheld and like the shall we say like the the gear nerd is like definitely like mikey's room like he's always dead like oh well we could change this or i could change this cord look at this cord that i found like yeah it's definitely like the gear like accessorizing yeah and i'm sitting there like scratching my head going like well, I mean, if I had like 132 feet of wire, like I could definitely talk to Seattle. <laughs> like, that's like, that's where I go. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I got a tough book so that I could wirelessly connect my like 705, you know, so that I don't have to have like any cables between the radio and a laptop. Right. So that it's like I want to send an email from like literally the middle of nowhere to, you know, I want to send the email and have it show up in somebody's inbox. Well, and I, I don't want people to get confused either when they hear that and they think that because you have that, I can also communicate with you, which is not <laughs> accurate, which we've tried that in the past because you're, yeah. what, what are you, 40 miles, 50 miles from me? Yeah, I think I think I looked at like the line of sight on it and I think it's... We're from, definitely not within like, the line of sight, yeah, that's for from sure. From my house, I think it's like about 45 miles. From my place. And even pushing 100 watts, I couldn't, I couldn't get to well, you. Well, and I'm trying to respond with a 5 watt. Yeah, and you're trying to like get back with... The, but you couldn't even hear me. No, so I like, didn't get even yeah. a squawk. The, the good news, though, is that we have your email address, and next time we're in the middle of nowhere, I'm definitely going to send you an email that just says moaning noises. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's de- that that'll is, be our check-in call. Uh, maybe we should do... I'll yeah, just, just respond with, like, check, check, moan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, it's one of those, it's like, the, the rabbit hole can go as deep as anybody yeah. wants oh, it to. Oh, dude, yeah, I know. It goes um, so deep. I mean, it literally, like, it goes so deep. And yeah. I got it, like, I got a shout out, like, S2 Underground. Okay. Because, like, he's been doing a whole bunch of stuff with, like, the H, like, HF stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, definitely, like, breaking that, breaking that barrier mm-hmm. and being like, listen, like... To play with this stuff, you kind of got to have, like, a ham radio license to, like, practice and, like, mess with this stuff. But, you know, you get to, like, a world without rule and, like... Yeah, which I think a lot of people are... You need to figure out how to use this stuff without that. Well, and I think that's where a lot of people are, is they... Within the 2A community, it's it's not the the comms community. Yeah. Um, 
And a lot of people within the 2A community are starting to show interest in that and or understanding the importance behind comms. And I think that that's one of the areas in which the 2A community is evolving towards is understanding how important communication is. Um, but they know that when they need to use the comms, it's going to be in a, so let's say within the last two years or last three years, we should say, where there's a catastrophic event and or something involving elections or for some reason people rioting because of the death of someone that was 100% justified, whatever it may be, or just a, you know someone's rioting because of a piece of shit that was killed, whatever. Um, having communication between you and your group because of X reason, um, that's very important. But I think that that's why GMRS and things like that are important, that people utilize them to understand the basic functions and the utilization of these tools for when it does go south, fuck all the licenses because they, they've mentioned that as well. The FCC has mentioned that as like in case of like a natural disaster. So like let's say like Hurricane Katrina, something like that. You would have the oh, okay yeah. to when, utilize these frequencies. I think the exact rule that the FCC throws out is it's like in matter of like life or property. In imminent danger. Yeah, imminent danger. So, but here's the here's the call out for that too that you have to be really careful with, right? Is uh, I don't know if you know this, but sometimes the government overreaches. <laughs> and the FCC, I have no idea. <laughs> and the FCC is no exception to this rule. So recently there was a news story in northern Idaho where a gentleman saw um, a, a tower that was a radio tower that was about to be, uh, in his mind, I think hit or by a uh, fire plane that I was think coming it out. Was the the I lights think, were down? No, I think it was that it was on basically the blind side of a peak. Yeah. I think is is what he where his position was is that it was where the plane was coming from. So they were Grabbing long story water. short plane coming over a ridge to come down into a lake to pick up a load of water to go to a wildfire. Mm -hmm. So so dude, you wouldn't be able to necessarily see the the radio tower from where the plane was approaching. Right. So he jumped on the radio and said, "Hey, there is a radio tower here." And but and I will say 100% where that guy fucked up is he identified himself <laughs> as some sort of like radio professional. If he probably would have come on the radio and been like, yo, I am a rank amateur, but there is all of this community's like cell phone infrastructure and internet is on this tower that you can't see because it's not on your map. I don't think he would have gotten nearly as much trouble, but he identified himself as like, I'm the you know comms director for this county and you know there's a radio tower there and da 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 da. Twenty twenty six thousand dollar fine. Thirty five thousand. Thirty five thousand dollar fine. Right. Yeah, so that the FCC that was, doesn't fuck around when they give out the, fines. That was at the FCC's discretion, right? So we all like to think like, oh, it'll never happen to me, but it it definitely can. I mean, that dude like obviously was a ham radio operator but he was operating on the uh public air, safety public like safety air band air band instead yeah. of instead of the bands that he was supposed to stick to so i i mean 35 dollars is an easier pill to swallow in my opinion than 36 thousand dollars right? no you're absolutely yeah. correct yeah. yeah and i'm not saying and and again it's it's mission dependent right it's it's the same thing you don't just go out and buy your yeet cannon and now you've got a gun and it does everything and i'm gonna go hunting with this gun and i'm gonna shoot at tanks with it and all that stuff like <laughs> you know it's it, and so radios are no different like 
my everyday carry radio that I practice with is just for like, you know, when we were waiting for a couple minutes for you to come down here, we turn on the radio and we're just like, hey, let's check out where what's going on in New Plymouth. Where's the where's the repeater access and stuff like that. And then you start figuring out like, okay, well now I want to put a radio on my truck. And so what's that look like? That's a different set of gear. There's different requirements. And now mm-hmm. you're like, okay, now I want to talk to, you know, now I want to talk to my neighborhood. And so now you're getting access to a repeater and moving up and so on and so forth until you eventually are like, okay, and now I want to send um, Elijah an audio file of me making moaning noises from the middle of the Frank Church Wilderness of No Return, right? Whatever your mission is, you got to build up the gear and the knowledge and the know-how to do it. And so yeah. I think the baby steps is like really important. Like you don't have to go balls to the wall and go get your technician license and like, start operating on two meter like just you know practice with walkie talkies yeah yeah i think that's that's good advice yeah no it's it is it's totally the thing i like to hammer into people is just like mission dependent yeah like what are you doing like are you you know do you just want to go like hike through your local foothills and i think that's what a lot of people are doing right now have the ability to just other direction talk to each other yeah and like you know Hey, it's a great thing, you know, and like there, I know people that are in the amateur radio community that have never moved on from the handheld radio. Yeah. And it's one of those, it's like, they are the most knowledgeable people. And, you know, you want to know anything about any handheld that was ever made. Yeah. And they're like balls. Well, deep and, in. and from my perspective of being involved in the, the two a side of things, um, a lot of people are just utilizing, they want to utilize a radio like a Beofing because it has more functions and capability than like than your, like like your, your bubble yeah. radio that you Motorola get from like, talk yeah, about. you go to fucking Walmart and you find those two pack radios and you're like, even when it's line of sight, it's not even line of sight. Like you could be <laughs> 300 yards away from one another. It's cracking up. The thing I where, always love about those is that it's like, they say like, Oh, it has a 36 mile range. Yeah, and I'm nah, like, more put that okay. in. It's just like a fucking gun safe on the Cut salt that in half. Yeah. On the not salt even. flats. Yeah, it's 35 yeah. miles on the exactly. soft flats. You, these rolling hills in Idaho, it does not work that way. Yeah. So where with something with a bail thing, you can get away with that a lot more than you can with a radio like that. Um, and I think that's why people run to something like a bail thing because it's no, it's not waterproof. No, it's not like shockproof and all this other shit. And yeah, you can be tracked by a fucking UAV and all this shit, but it it, it familiarizes <laughs> yourself with, with comms. Let me tell you what, at the point that you're getting tracked by UAVs, Shit has gone so incredibly sideways. Oh, yeah. No, I know. But it's like people are expecting that that's where the world is going. Oh, yeah. Uh, And and it's shown that that's definitely a tool that's used against us. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely 100% like I would not be surprised to like open up the newspaper and it's like, oh, they drone strike somebody like on U.S. soil. Oh, dude, no. They have have like That's been a thing. But that's that's what I'm saying. Those like in like counties like mine, I learned this from a county fair where like law enforcement was out at. They don't even have a helicopter out here. They utilize drones. Oh, yeah. Um, And so the only benefit, the only up that they have on us out here is thermal. And so they can they can switch thermal too the different contrasts of thermal to just like identify things a lot easier like weapons and stuff like that. Um, but that's about it. Like outside of like 
I feel like out here they're like, okay, that's a that's a cow. I feel like we yeah, need to get yeah. and that's a pig and that's a goat. But I, like, feel, <laughs> I feel like we need to get thermoreactive paint and just write fuck the ATF like out in the middle of nowhere. So as they're like scanning over ca- it. Cause a bunch of commotion for them to come out and be like, wait a second. Just a giant dick and balls. Yeah. Just just <laughs> piss fuck the ATF. <laughs> It'll be warm for about thirty just, minutes. Just Calvin peeing on an ATF badge. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but no, like I, I think that that's that's very common though. Yeah. Um. But like I said, like I would say that that the the I would hate to liken it to like a Glock pistol because it's not nearly that good. But like the Baofeng has done what I don't think any like there has to be a point where everybody has to step back and say okay. Like this thing did something for the benefit of humanity. Mm-hmm. And I would say that the Baofeng radio has done that like for radio. I, like you have to think like before that radio came out, it was like your entry into handheld radio, like high end handheld radio was probably $250. Yeah. And it was like that democratized. That was the PSA of, you know, of radios. Yeah. It was like it was so ubiquitous. It's the high point yeet cannon. Yeah. I mean, it is literally the high point. You know, it is a $100 problem solver. Yeah. Uh, you know, say the $23 problem solver. <laughs> yeah. like, the problem is I don't have enough channels. Yeah. Now I got exactly. all these channels. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's one of those, you know, it has done – it has done a great thing because it has brought the entry level down to where people can actually afford to like start messing with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like shit. I have radios that are, I think my cheapest radio retail, uh, or I shouldn't say my cheapest, my most expensive radio retail probably was like $3,000. You know, and it's one of those Most people like, aren't willing to even spend that on a rifle. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that is solid like mid tier radio. Like yeah, that isn't even mid-tier, like yeah. that isn't even like God tier. Like we haven't even gotten to like the you know, the I don't even know military level. Yeah. Like I haven't even bought the you know, the the pre band M four yet. Hansen. You know, it's like at we have five thousand dollars. Yeah. I think a uh well, one thing that uh, one thing that two A guys and radio guys have in common is that we're all afraid that after we die, that our wives are going to sell our stuff for what we told them we paid for it. Oh man! <laughs> I, I hope that my shit's just passed down. To the yeah, next generation. I, yeah, I am. I am absolutely terrified of the <laughs> of the day. Put me then. on your will, bro. I'll make sure. It oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally. That's <laughs> I will one hundred percent just be like. Just I don't know how to use any of this shit. shit. <laughs> My wife is going to show up with a box of stuff and be like, I hope you know what all this is. I've got does. a text message somewhere where it says how much this There costs. is a 4,000 feet of wire. I don't know what any of it does. Some guy in I know what it does. <laughs> some guy in Uzbekistan files a complaint. He's like, some American keeps getting on the radio and just moaning in my ear. <laughs> yeah, Fuck you. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. no, it's, you know, it, it's... As much as I love to hate the Baofeng, mm-hmm. like it is, gets the job done. It gets the job done. It's like done. the three-inch penis of the comms world. It Hell is yeah. like it's it, just enough. It's just enough to, to get hit it. the G spot, yeah. the daddy hammer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, and 
you want to talk about something that just, I mean, exudes like I am a Instagram operator is like the Baofeng with the extended, uh, the extended battery and then the Abri uh, antenna. Abri antenna. Tape on top of antenna. It. I'm yeah. still rocking the Abri antenna. Oh, bro. man. I, wanted... I just, I look at them and I'm just like, oh, man, that is just, there is something about it that you're just like, yep, that is, that is the, that is where we're at. I think one of the reasons why a lot of people utilize the Abri antenna is because 90% of the military, like operators, are still utilizing them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, and like, they have it a, obviously is shown to work. They have a legitimate purpose. So, um, ironically, so like the Abri antenna, if I don't know if you actually look at an Abri antenna on an analyzer, mm-hmm. if it'll come up and it will actually show like where the dips and stuff are, where it's actually what you would call quote unquote resonant on mm-hmm. a frequency. Nerd alert. <laughs> yeah, this is, we're Chinese about to, to go into a super nerd, uh, talk here. So just, if you got to tune out, tune out, but, um, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, you put it on an analyzer mm-hmm. and it will show where the antenna is actually the most efficient at transmitting the the you know googly waves out of the <laughs> super magic scientific. Box. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, in in military terms, like when you actually have a broadbanded like extendable antenna, mm-hmm. those are actually made to be paired with like your Harris like one fifty twos, one sixty threes, like right. the handhelds that are actually able to transmit from I think it's like thirty megahertz up through like SATCOM, mm-hmm. um, you know, clear up through like nine hundred megahertz, seven hundred megahertz. So they need an antenna that is extremely broadbanded. Well. When you talk about frequencies, the lower you go, the longer the waves get. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about like 30 megahertz, um, so just for principle, GMRS, for all intents and purposes, we're talking about 462 megahertz. A When we drop down into like the long wave. Uh, Real quick, because I can see eyes glazing over. So when we uh, when we talk about GMRS, approximately how big is that radio wave? Give it to me in feet, Daddy. There you go. Uh, yeah, like we're that. talking about 70 centimeters. Yep. So from, from, from tip to valley, if you were to look at the sine wave on a GMRS signal, it's about 70 centimeters. If it was, if you could see it flowing out of your antenna, like through the air, it'd be 70 centimeters. And so the antenna analyzer that he was talking about, like getting that resonant frequency, what it is, is it's basically like a picture, right? Almost like that infrared that shows you like, okay, the here's a visible image. That yep, nobody's, here's yeah. a 70 centimeter wave it that is bouncing sh- up and down. It'll yeah. show you where that antenna is resonant. And then depending on how the antenna is cut, it will move the resonant point, which is like where the antenna is most efficient. So that's where length comes into play. Exactly. People so say size doesn't matter. That's not true. That's true. Radio. Radios, it antennas, matters. It yeah. is. Ex- it that's is. Like an I got exacting the eighteen. Or I, got, I think it was like a. It was like an eight foot antenna. Yeah. Instead of going yeah. to just the three foot. Yeah, so we gotta when get we, this boy a cat tail. When Bro, we, I know. I mean, I <laughs> seriously, how have you not upgraded yet? I'm I'm You've one of those known same. Me for like, I'm writing a letter to my years. congressman. I know. Yeah, I'm I, writing a letter to my congressman. Dude, they know. don't do anything anyways. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, so as we go down in frequency, yeah, yeah. you know, so we go from 463 mm-hmm. to 30. 
that antenna has to get substantially larger. Yeah, and that's why you see those guys with those like thirty foot antennas sitting exactly. up, like, just and giving so away they, your location. They have that flip up extendable antenna so that when they need to talk, they can flip that antenna up, and their antenna is resonant on a broad band and of it has frequencies. To be vertical. This was the most it roundabout needs way to be vertical. <laughs> this yeah. was the most roundabout way for Mike to say your radio is not that cool. You're not that important. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I, this is true. You said don't, the same thing in classes before too. You yeah. do not need if if the lowest frequency that you're going to be operating on is like you know, let's say two meter amateur radio. The longest antenna you need is like 19 inches. Yeah. Okay. That That's is like a full yeah. like quarter wave That's antenna. Good to know. Also, I just want to point out that before all that shit starts uh, talking started about Baofeng, Mike, what shirt are you wearing? Oh, I'm actually wearing <laughs> our shirt. It's actually a ripoff of the uh, of the classic black flag. Okay. Um, we figured, you know, hardcore comms. So we got to start with like we're uh, we're we're planning on doing a series of these shirts that are going to be all like basically, you know, mock versions of all our favorite like hardcore bands. So we figure like we're doing the first one. We got to start with like the OG hardcore like punk band. Right. So like Black Flag is like right there up on the top of the list. I'm a Henry Rollins fan. Like what that dude said about like I don't care like what the world is doing. I care what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like go to my Instagram page. I think it's like the second thing I posted. Like watch that Henry Rollins video. It will like I love that man. Like for as weird and like <laughs> just crazy as he is, like dude actually has some like things to like some knowledge bombs to drop on people. But uh, yeah, so we we copied the uh, you know the black flag mm-hmm. uh, logo and it says Baofeng on it, mm-hmm. um, and then a, a, a big giant you know hardcore comms on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so it's it's a you know. It's it's probably my favorite T-shirt. I, th- I think Balfang is punk rock as fuck. I, I love them. I have I have four of them. I could recreate the image on that shirt. Um, it it's it's a cool radio because like literally like you know I mentioned earlier I'm like oh I have a ranger I have a ranger green one in my truck mm-hmm. and like I'll just give that to you at the end of the I don't care you know it's a, it's a twenty dollar radio that I programmed it's got all the Idaho stuff in it and I do that all the time if I get someone that shows me even an inkling of amateur radio interest I'm like check this out and you hand them that radio and they feel like you've given them a million dollars right right because it's like if someone if someone were to give you just like a stock AR 15, like that's pretty cool. But if someone were to hand you like a rifle that they, you know, have meticulously modded and, 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 and built it with purpose and then hand that to you, like, that's like a piece of them. Like that's a piece of art. That's like an expression. That's how I feel about like the radio. And that's why I like the Baofeng is because when I hand you that radio, I'm not just handing you a radio and saying, here, you can go in the field and like push to talk and you can go talk to your friends and like make dick jokes. Right. What I'm actually doing is I'm saying, hey, the the local EMS and, and highway patrol frequencies are on here. You can go monitor and listen uh, to the, the amateur radio nets that are getting called in this week. Like you get to be a participant and listen to this community. And if you study and you work hard at it, then someday you can also talk to that community. And you can like right. reach out, you know. Yeah, you no. participate. And that's what a lot, of, a lot of what I do is just scanning. One of these days, like the, enough people will come into the community that we can write this ship and like bring it back from like wherever it is right now. Right. Like I don't like. I, 
I go back and forth like so hard. Like it's like a yo-yo with me. It's like I hang out with amateur radio people, and I'm like the only thing I can think of is like I'm never coming back to you people. Like <laughs> I cannot stand half of you, and like yeah. But then it's like, uh, you know, like we have one guy, um, you know, in our kind of in our local ham radio group that like he has he has modded every single radio that I've ever asked him to, mm-hmm. and it's just like, well, how much do I owe you? And he's like, oh no, you don't. I don't need anything. Dude, I tried to pay him, and he was like, just make a contribution to the club. <laughs> I was like, what is that even? The club yeah. didn't do this. You did this. And what I mean, this, he's, like, boys? Yeah. he's like <laughs> taking apart radios and like modding them, you know, so. Physically. Yeah. So yeah. like he, so in radio world, the FCC has said, hey, if you have an amateur radio receiver, it can't talk anywhere but amateur radio frequencies. Well, Okay, that's all well and good. Other than the fact that you say that I can use any frequency that I can talk on in times of emergency. Mm -hmm. So how am I supposed to do that if I don't have a radio that can talk everywhere? Right. So they make a thing called a Mars mod. Some of them are software. So like... Uh, sometime around, what was it, 2019, 2020, Baofeng had the FCC got all up in Baofeng. Got super pissed at them. They're like, you can't. You cannot <laughs> sell a radio that is just open to any frequency that you can program into. You guys it. are fucking maniacs. You just got yeah. people out here trying to talk. I got and, one of those radios. Yeah. And so the F, like Baofeng was like, okay, like, you know, we'll do, we'll do whatever, which is amazing because, you know, China. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. I guess the I guess the uh, threat of taking away the almighty U.S. dollar was enough to make them like, okay, fuck, we'll comply. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so Baofeng like starts doing like a soft mod on their radios that makes it so they like even if you program the frequency in, it won't transmit on you know GMRS, FRS, MERS, it won't transmit on those frequencies anymore like your older Baofengs would. Well, you know give the world five weeks and they'll someone's fig- going to crack it. They'll figure out how to crack it. So it's like you hold down like three buttons and turn it on and it does a factory reset and, and it unlocks dial in it. a code. No, that's the Yacy. Oh, that's the Yacy. Yeah. So they're secrets now. Yeah. So <laughs> they're not secrets. They're on YouTube, my dude. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're in the open. Yes. Um, so anyways, so Yesu comes out. And they come out with, like, you know, their Baofeng killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing. It was locked to amateur radio frequencies. Right. Well, you hold down a button Take and turn it on. <laughs> and then you type in a code. Right. And boom, it's open. Mm-hmm. You get to the fancier radios, the stuff that's actually made in Japan, and they do, like, hardware locks. So what oh, they'll wow. do is they'll actually put, like, diodes on the board and make it so that you have to physically remove a diode off of the board. But the best part is that they put this diode on the board in a spot where you remove the battery on my radio. And there's a little rubber circle. You remove it. And you pull that rubber circle back. And it's guess right what's there. sitting under there? It's that diode that needs to be removed <laughs> in order for this. And on some of the on, on the newer one, on the FT5, there was actually a guy doing a tutorial online where he's like, yeah, you don't even need a soldering iron anymore. I just took a pair of tweezers and just ripped it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because so this like, whole time I was thinking soldering iron or yeah. like a wood burner. 
Yeah. yeah. And so it it's like, I think the most intense one that I've had up until this point is on the IC705. You actually have to like dissect the entire radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to take out, I think, like three diodes mm. and put it all back together and hope you didn't break anything. Yeah, that's how and I was it, with my bail thing in order to paint it. Yep. And I dissected it. it and I was like, well, it's $23. So. Yeah, it's it's a lot easier to swallow 23 and not 1350 Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit easy. And, you know, it's like you fuck up your bail thing. You probably put it back together and send it back to Bezos and he'll send you another one in Amazon. <laughs> yeah. I'm fairly certain that if I fucked up a 705 and, like, sent it back to Icon. Like, like, I know what you were trying to do. I know what you were doing. Yeah. And I'm not in support of this. So the moral yeah. of the story is go to hamradiooutlet.com yeah. <laughs> and then pay the $50 to have your radio Mars modded for you. Because yeah. if they fuck it up, that's on them. That's yeah. not on you. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you generally from any reputable radio seller, mm-hmm. you can buy them Mars modded from the factory. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they, they'll, they'll sell them to you completely unlocked. So in, in like a short, like two or three sentence version i know we were doing that this is, earlier where I that know. is not a good way to um, do well, i'm trying to like i'm us. trying yeah. to just do it barney style because yeah. there's a lot of people that are listening to this that are are either not even involved in the comms realm or have shown an interest in it and i'm trying to figure out how like what kind of advice would you give to someone that's interested in doing it not interested in getting a license but wants to use their radio regardless of what radio it is with their group what is a piece of advice that you would give them just out of the gate as a beginner? I honestly, and, and I know this is not the advice that you want to hear. There's one sentence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, one I was, sentence, not a run on one. No, no, no. Three sentences. <laughs> I'm just like, I, that was just a, I would you say, know. I, I would say do a little bit of self analysis and figure out what your actual radio goals are and be realistic. Right. If you want to talk to a group of friends without getting a license, that's super easy. FRS, GMRS, all those things, you're, you're probably not going to get pinched for using GMRS. A lot of off-roaders do it out in the middle of nowhere, right? What can you get pinched for using? Um, MERS? You, no. Uh, you could get pinched for using 2-meter, for using 70-centimeter, for using basically all the amateur yeah, radio Yeah, I would stay out of any sort of amateur radio. Yeah. Like, I would just, I would not go to any of those frequencies. Uh, so, I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny story why. Okay. This is, and it's super quick, but it's super funny. So we were coming out of our amateur radio club meeting and the national calling frequency for amateur radio, we call it 5214.52. Pick up the sticker on hardcorecoms.com. And uh, we were all coming out of, uh, we were all coming out of our amateur radio club meeting and someone on 5.2 was keying up and playing Alex Jones. Right. And so nice. you're playing Alex Jones on the frequency that literally like everyone in the treasure Valley has on. And we're all happened to be leaving a meeting at the same time. I shit you not. It took them three minutes to find this dude's house. And I don't, I never got to the end of the story. I didn't know if it was an accident or if they were like intentionally broadcasting. I think they just like held the key down. I think a lot of people intentionally broadcast Alex Jones. Cause he's so censored. Yeah. I, mean, I don't, I don't blame it. So there's, you can side sidebar. Um, so uh, I forget what it stands for, but WWCR, it's like a Christian radio like that broadcasts on shortwave. Mm-hmm. So like super, super weird, like esoteric, like <laughs> shit we're getting into here. But you can actually listen to the Alex Jones radio show 
on shortwave. Yeah, I've heard about that. Dude, it is fucking wild. Yeah. It is so, so like listening to an Alex Jones podcast, like it's it's all great and wonderful. Like it's Alex Jones, he rants and raves and like like, you know, you put a dollar in the Alex Jones was right bucket. But listening to Alex Jones through crackly AM <laughs> just gives it that, like, chef's kiss. That it's is the like, way it was meant to be listened this to. This is the way this was meant to be listened to. <laughs> so so we got we got Alex Jones coming down the pipe on, on 5-2. And we had about 30 people leaving the amateur radio club. And... Literally no directional finding equipment. No one's got their fox hunting loop out. No one is doing anything like crazy. They literally were able to figure out where this person was broadcasting from just by driving their vehicles in a couple of different directions and then looking and seeing where the signal was strongest for it. Like they, they triangulated it, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the that's the thing is that it's not so much that you're operating without a license. Um and the FCC is going to crack down on you, what it is is that there is a whole network of enthusiasts. And if you don't know what you're doing, it would be akin to someone shooting off a fully automatic weapon out of local firing range. You'd be like, anyone that knows anything is going to turn around and be like, that's not supposed to be here. You know, like people aren't supposed to do that. And I'm like, don't be a fucking snitch. Like don't go tell on them. But you know, there's a lot of retirees in our community and they get very excited when, you know, a mystery uh, unravels itself. So don't do that. So I, I would say that once you've taken a really hard look and you've been realistic about your goals, if you're still dead set on not getting that amateur radio license, which, you know, um, I don't think the government's tracking me from it, but whatever. If you're still dead, not dead set on it, then the next piece of advice I would give is be fucking smart. Like, don't be a, don't be a dumb dick. If you're going to broadcast uh, uh, encrypted radio on a on a ham radio, like amateur band, like that's a red flag for all of us. Anyone who's monitoring or scanning is going to hear that and be like, okay, now I'm intrigued. What is this person hiding? Why are they encrypted? Because you're not supposed to be encrypted on amateur radio don't um don't broadcast from the same position you know use only as much power as you need to broadcast and then move and get go to a different location so that you can't be found don't identify yourself don't be like yo what's up my name's mark jones and i live on one two three apple street like yeah you know you don't want to do any of those things so if you're if you're going to operate outside of the parameters of the law to like learn about it then that's that's the kind of stuff you need to do. But the reality is that if you would just go even not even take the test, but if you would just go buy a technician's like handbook with the quizzes, you would understand what not to do really quickly. Yeah. Like if you just put a couple of hours of effort into it each night. I've heard that is yeah. like the the comms thing is really like the comms class for like getting licenses for at at most what you would get out of it is what to and what not to do and more oh, yeah. of the like, I mean, legality behind it rather than how to operate it. A hundred percent. Like the amateur radio license is not necessary. Like everybody thinks like, oh, I'm going to get my amateur radio license. And I'm going to know so much about radio. <laughs> you don't. Like here is a reality check. All that really tells you is like where you're going to break every single like rule and regulation. And that's all it really does. It tells you like how to build a basic antenna and like where not to like do things. Right. And like that's what it boils down to. Like it is a rules and regulation like review more than it is like how does radio work? And that is the 
I would say that is the that is the part where amateur radio like lets people down, right? Because I don't know how many people that I know that are like, okay, I got my am like I got my technician license. What do I do now? Right. Like I still don't know how to do anything. Well, so what, what like. How long does a class like that take? So you can do a, we do a cram sessions pretty, pretty frequently. We're literally like maybe review the book a couple times coming in like before the week, like literally like just take a week, read through the questions, get the, your basic understanding. And then you'll have about a four to six hour cram session where the, we'll, they'll literally go through all we of read the questions, every single, so you can answer. Yeah. Every, every single question with every single answer is public knowledge. Like the FCC posts this shit and goes, here's the question. Here is the answer. You ready for your pro-life tip? Cause this one's real fun. So you go in and they read all the questions to you and they give you all the answers and they tell you like tricks. They're like, Hey, just so you know, if it's a multiple choice question and the last qu- uh, answer is, um, uh, all of the above, just select that because it, out of the 10 questions that have that option, seven of them are right. So you've got a 70% chance of getting it. It's not like, Oh, you need to retain this information. We're actually going to test you. Everyone knows you're just trying to memorize the questions, right? Here's where it gets really cool. What is it? 50 question, 150 question pool. So technician is like 325 questions, 325 questions, but there's only five versions of the test and you can take it as many times as you want. So you could literally go in, take the test, fail. A proctor will come over and tell you what questions you got wrong and what the right answer was. After you've done that five times on that six attempt, you're taking a test you've already taken before and gotten all the answers to. So like if you really wanted to just shit bag it and go in there with no knowledge, you could get the cram session. And if you have just an inkling of the ability to retain information or remember tests, like you're walking out of there with your technician's license and no one's saying shit to the FCC. Like they're just like, yep, he passed. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is hands down. Like, and it used to be, you know, you get the you get the really old guys. We call them lids. I don't know where the term came from, but that's what they call like the really old grouchy fuckers. Mm-hmm. Is they're called lids, and huh. they will literally like. Oh, I've had my ham radio license for seventy two years, and you know I had to take it when you had to code it twenty words a minute, and I had to go down to the FCC office and walk uphill both ways in the snow, and it's just like okay, that's like cool story, but like, do you understand like the digital interface between the radio? Like, I'm using my radio as a modem. Do you understand that? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I can play Doom on a radio, like. Okay, like yeah, you can you could code. They CD. probably don't even know what Doom is exactly, and so it's <laughs> one of those like best. it's like you know it, things move on, yeah. but yeah, it's like that's you know. a that's a side note. That's me and Mike's goal. We're calling our shot right here. Yeah. We want to grow our business so big that we can both afford uh, Harris. Yeah, Falcon so the three. So. Yeah, so that we can both afford Harris radios and be able to hook them up and play Doom. Yeah, we just want to yeah. be able to play Doom over radio. That's how yeah. you'll know that we've made it is yeah. when I'm ignoring your call because I'm like <laughs> Fuck I a Lamborghini. Yeah, I can't fucking talk to you right now. I'm playing Doom with my buddy yeah. Mike over radio. Yeah, was that like a twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollar radio? Yeah, thirty thousand. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Just- Let's go. Yeah. Damn. So, Damn. and the, yeah, it's like the catches. You also have to know somebody with a $30,000 radio yeah. to, to buy, to yeah. be able to use them together. 
Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah, I when don't I, know. When I blow up big, I'm making an Instagram account that's just for that radio, by the way. <laughs> Dedicated to the radio. Yeah, yeah. dude. I yeah, like it. it's it. You know, it is. It's you know. You look at the, you look at the radio community, and it's it's so bipolar. Mm. You know, you have the people that are like, oh, you gotta have a license for everything. You gotta have a. <sighs> yes. To stay on the legal side of the law, yes. But then you have people like us. Yeah, you have people that are like, like well, I'm gonna skirt. You know, a skirt, and it's like. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. You know, it's like the reason I got one is not because it's not because I wanted to. Like, it's because I had to to learn about the shit that I want to learn about. Right. You know, and that's that's the unfortunate point is, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, the radio community is dying, you know, amateur radio, it's, you know, it's dying. Well, actually, we've never had more amateur radio operators than we've ever had. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people may notice that I say amateur radio, like there is, it's the slang, the ham ham radio, you know, that came from uh, Morse code Mm -hmm. uh, back in the back, back, back in the day when it would, you know, professional you know, Morse code operators would be like, oh, that's a ham, you know, ham fisted. Um, and that's where the term, you know, ham radio operator came from. The more um, you know. Yeah, yeah dude. But I, it's not because of his juicy ham hocks. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I like to say amateur radio because yeah. we're all rank amateurs. Mm. Um, although I'm trying to rectify that and actually get my commercial license as well <laughs> so that then I can be like, bitch, I'm a commercial operator. Right. Um, but... Being able to call yourself an operator and all. Exactly. <laughs> It'll actually be in my title. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, a legit operator. It is a operator. radio telephone operator. That's, That's how I I'm felt a... when I was a boiler operator. Exactly. I was like, I'm an operator. Um, but, you <laughs> know, it's like I would like to think that maybe one of these days, like, we'll get enough people out of the system. Yeah. You know, it's like maybe maybe one day there will be no more FUDs. Yeah. Um, well, there there will be. There will be. We are the next generation. But yeah, yeah but I'm like, like a, I'm like a cool ass fud. I'm not like a regular fud. You're not a fud. You're not. <laughs> I mean, I could. You be. got gauges. You're already yeah. off that fucking list. So it's 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 a it's a mixed bag in the community. But I I would say that like you know I, I don't look at the, I I'm gonna I'm gonna catch some flack for saying this, but I'm gonna say it. Um, I look at a tax stamp as like an infringement on my rights. Right? You're not going to get flack from that on this podcast. No, well, <laughs> the next part though, I don't view the ham radio license as like akin to a tax stamp. It's more like a driver's license. It's literally like, Hey, this is what you need to do to be safe and not be a dick and like park your car in people's lawns. Right. People still but, do that with a license though. Yeah. They do still do that with a license and those people, you know, they just get what hopefully the they end up on that natural selection list. Yeah. <laughs> Have the day that you deserve. But I, I mean, the reality is that like Mike has a radio that he could literally just set up a pole in his backyard and on a good day, talk to New Zealand. Yeah. Um, can you imagine if someone who didn't know what they were doing opened up that radio, set that up and then started keying up on that channel? Like you're not just, it's not like a little walkie talkie where you're just fucking it up for everyone else in the park. It's not like a GMRS radio where you're just fucking it up for everyone else that's off-roading with you on the trip. You're literally fucking it up for the entire Northwest region of the United States because you don't know how to operate your shit, right? And so it's it it's like if you start viewing it as like a, hey, I need to learn how to operate this safely rather than 
I want to. I don't want the government to track me or have any of my information or knowledge that I know how to operate this equipment. It kind of changes the viewpoint, right? Because then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, it's just the fucking thing I got to pay for, and I got to take this test, and I got to learn these things, and I got to know what not to do. But I mean, sovereign citizen, bro. Sovereign oh citizen. Yeah, it's bro. free. It's I am not driving. I am traveling. Yeah, it's it's. Fr- <laughs> but it's. But literally, like when you jump on some like ham radio nets, then you start to realize like how much of the wild west it really fucking is, right? Because people say shit on amateur radio that they would never post on the internet. Like, oh, <laughs> I mean, I, you show me that one picture, dude. That was posted. I am. The- I am here to tell you. I've heard some shit on the radio that I was like. Bro, I don't think they know that anyone else is listening to this, but I know I'm not the only one listening to this. Yeah. And it is like wild shit. Like yeah. just wanton disregard. Give, give, give us for, let, like let give me an example. Oh, dude, like I was listening one night. Um What's that I think one you, net? What's that one net? Um so it is the 80 meter, I think that uh, yeah, the 80 meter Liberty net is what they call it. <laughs> this shit is like 4chan on steroids. Oh no! Like with no guardrails. Yeah, no moderators. No moderators. It's truly free speech. We're decentralized, yeah. baby. Yeah, completely oh decentralized. You think that you have seen some shit on the internet? So what have they said? Like what? Okay, so I, I mean, give me an example. I, I popped into a local conversation. <laughs> where a dude was explaining to this other dude how an angel came to him in a vision and told him that he needed to have sex with someone else's wife and that that was the only way that he was going to go to heaven <laughs> on the radio just on the radio just and the, and the, and the other guy <laughs> that he's talking to i'm pretty sure he doesn't know in real life and it's just another dude in the treasure valley right um and and to a more tame degree, like there's a there's a call that I talk to like almost every single day on my commute to work on Meridian Road. I like call out, you know, I'm like W7HXC mobile and monitoring, and he comes through and he's just like telling me about like he's like yeah, how's it going? I'm like oh, it's going pretty good. He's like yeah, my disability claim got disapproved, and my wife's like really on my ass about picking up detergent and like I'm gonna go home and punch her in the mouth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like uh, just a complete stranger. But it really is. It's like those AOL like chat room vibes like from the early days, right? Where you just you're just reaching out and talking to strangers, and, yeah. and you are just casting a net and yeah. seeing what the fuck comes in it. Yeah, and let me tell you what. Every once in a while. Like you catch something and you're like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> like this came out of the bottom of the ocean and holy it's like having shit. A, it's like having a conversation with one of those meme pages that have like a yeah. fake profile, like an anime profile I picture. I mean, quite literally, but like, these are real people. They're like a schizophrenic. Yeah. yeah. It is. It like, uh, yeah. The one night I was listening to a guy and it was a guy in Canada talking to a guy in, I think like Missouri or Kansas. Okay. Somewhere in the Midwest. That's a weird place. Yeah. And I'm in northern Idaho at the time, like yeah. listening to this conversation. And uh, I mean, they were, t- I mean, it went everywhere from, from COVID restrictions in Canada to like, you know, just shit talking Trudeau and like how, you know, the Canadian people are going to have enough of this and they're going to rise up and, you know, they're, they're going to want their American brothers behind them to help them out. I've and, seen a lot of that on the internet. Too. Uh, oh yeah. Honk and then honk. they, they started yeah. talking about, you know, all the shit that, you know, they're teaching in the schools and like, yeah. and I mean, it was one of those that I was like, this is like, so like, and, and somehow it all circles back to George Soros. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, damn, you know, it, yeah. like 
Glenn Beck with his like chalkboard and like drawing yeah. the line, like everything comes back to George. Soros. And to reiterate. These people paid the United States government to get their ham radio licenses. Exactly. And they're out here having a wild time. Because let me tell you what. <laughs> While, yes, you have to give the federal government, like, your name, you do not have to give them your address. Right. So that is a, that you know, everybody's like, oh, well, dude, it gives the FCC license to come and inspect my station, blah, blah, blah. Well, you can register your, like, your name and address to a P.O. box. Right. So it's like, maybe that's a service we should provide. Maybe we should fucking set up a P.O. box and just tell anyone, like, just, hey, if you want to get your amateur radio license, just register it to this just P.O. box. Just register it to this P.O. Yeah, box. That's a it's going to be that's like, a plug right like there. Nampa, Idaho, like P.O. box 420, <laughs> like Nampa, Idaho. We got to find a, we got to find like a cool city to have a P.O. box in and be like 69 Nice Street. And yeah, like, a P.O. Into- box has to be attached to a physical address. Yeah, but it'll be our address, so you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're it's gonna, a, it's a, you're it is knock on the door by some men in black. <laughs> you're fucking, point. fucking inspect my station, dog. Yeah, yeah. I don't. All, all I don't, you're gonna have is a rad time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard but, this uh, podcast one time. Yeah, no, it's a uh, you know, it's one of those things. Like you can always you know register your actual like you know FCC paperwork and shit to right. a PO box. Right, right. Um, so you know, it's not one of those like you know someone's going to look up your call sign and dox you type of thing. Right. Um, Dude, you can, uh, you can buy like a foot by foot square of land in Scotland so that you can be a registered Lord or lady. So, I wonder if you can I, register your HXC comms. I don't know if you could get away. Cause technically you'd have to have a UK license at that point. Fucking let's no, go. You don't. No, and, you don't. Well, no, for, no, I'm, I'm talking like radio, radio license for radio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you'd have to have a UK radio license and the, you want to talk about the fucking U S in like having <laughs> the dude, the fucking UK, like, I think they can only run like a hundred Watts. Yeah. Like mm. over here in the, uh, the U S they're like, ah, you can have a fucking 1500. We don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can cook hot dogs on that. Yeah. You know? I mean, but that's just like the American way, you know, like you <laughs> fucking build everything better, faster. <laughs> build back better yeah yep. you know it's one of the, <laughs> don't even get me started on that so like i one of my favorite we pod, go. one of my favorite podcasts like i recommend every i'm gonna hit you all in the mouth right now like and you will understand that if you go and listen to no agenda that is the best podcast for like media breakdown and like media like everything okay like listen to that fucking podcast it is amazing uh so adam curry uh who was a vj like back in the fucking 80s 90s like when mtv first got why'd you look at me is it because i'm almost 40 yeah okay is this accurate um So, yeah, so uh, Adam Curry, like, he's, you know, kind of – he's the one that actually originally invented podcasting. Um, he, he's the original podfather. Oh, okay. Um, he actually came up with, like, the idea for the RSS feed, and, like, then Apple came to him, and they were like, hey, can we use this? And he was like, yeah, no no problem. And then he immediately dollars. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and then the other guy for free. on there is this, like, crotchy old dude that is amazing called John C. Dvorak. Mm-hmm. And Dvorak is, like, amazing. Like, he's just the – just meanest old dude that like the meanest old uncle that you've ever had and it's the best like three hours that you will ever spend on a podcast um <laughs> except they do for it, this one yeah, of course uh, obviously yeah, yeah other than this one um but yeah it's, as soon as you get done with this podcast immediately go listen to no agenda okay like it is a 
riot. Like it is amazing, and like their ability to break down the media, like it, it will leave you scratching your head, going like, "What the fuck?" Hmm. But these two have been in media since like. I don't know, since the fucking 80s. Wow. You know, and owned multiple, you know, million dollar, you know, different ventures and that kind of stuff. I think at one point, Curry had a castle in the Netherlands or some shit. Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, like, they've been around the I'm block. I'm just trying to buy, like, a, an extra thousand square foot house. You know what I mean? like, so, yeah, down. definitely, like, go listen to that. But, yeah, so No Agenda is amazing. Uh, I think Curry is actually a ham radio operator. Let's fucking go. And that's, I'm like, I need to get Curry on like a, and like sit down and talk with him. Cause that'd be a good time. Just try and get um, him on the podcast. You know what we should do is we should start our own amateur radio club and just become the first one percenter amateur radio club. Yeah. <laughs> just an outlaw amateur radio yeah, club. Outlaw amateur radio club. You guys should have a podcast. Yeah. I think it'd be a good podcast. A podcast. <laughs> yeah. The problem well, like, get is people like that on there. The yeah. problem is, is that Mike, can go like you can give him any topic and especially never ask him about music if yeah, you ever yeah. wanted to know anything about music don't ask him because you will get a college level dissertation <laughs> on the band where they came from who their influences were i had a friend like that yeah yeah he, yeah. he was and like i toured with this one you, you fuckers yeah. trying to learn about the connecticut metalcore scene in 2003 because i'll break it down for you exactly <laughs> i mean it gets there's yeah. value in that though yeah people, people actually is. care about stuff like you'd be surprised like people listen to our podcast which is funny because 90 percent of the time it's me and ben just bullshitting and it's like people enjoy it I have to say, I think that's my favorite part about the entire podcast is it's like I listen to you two and it's like I know you well enough that it's like I feel like I'm sitting in the room with you. Yeah. Only I can't like interject and be like, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, you're yeah. fucking wrong. Like this is my yeah, – no, that's that's like what I hear from most people is that yeah. it just sounds like two people having a conversation and they're a part of the conversation. I've yeah. had the conversation with myself quite a few times about if I ever meet Joe Rogan, like I get to shoot my shot. I got like one minute to like pitch an elevator speech to him. I'm just gonna be like, all right, man. So I've been listening to your podcast for a really long time. Here's like five bands that I think you'd really like. And I desperately need to tell you about them. <laughs> Did you see the thing where fucking Theo Vaughn that I shared the other day? I think you reacted to it. I don't know. I don't know if you did or not, but I, somebody did that. I was like, I think it would think it was you, but it most likely probably Joe Rogan was. and Theo Vaughn were doing a podcast and Joe Rogan was talking about how he loves to drink monster, but he knows it's super bad for him. Uh-huh. Like monster energy. Yeah. And he was like, monster energy is like a piss magnet. Like as soon as you drink it, you got to piss a lot, you know? And then Theo Vaughn, do you know who he is? He's, oh, yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. Like, yeah. he's like, yeah, man, every time I drink Theo or every time I drink uh, monster, I, you know, it just, I, I want to, you know, my name's Kyle. Or like I, I want to go home and just start beating my wife. Like every time I drink a monster, I just want to go home and start punching. You know, like yeah, it's so true though. Like your name's Kyle. You punch drywall or punch things that don't punch back. Yeah, oh yeah. You yeah. drink monster. That, yeah, this is yeah. your life. I mean, it's like your, your it, everybody, dirt bike has everybody, the decals. Redirect that energy, Kyle. Find a new community. Get your amateur radio license. Come roll with us. <laughs> No, I, I can appreciate all sorts of podcasts. I've been wi- widening my uh, my spectrum of, of podcasts that I've been listening to. We're all to. on the spectrum. Well, yeah, that's good. <laughs> but too. but uh, like now that I'm back to like printing and stuff, like I've been listening to more podcasts and like a lot of them is like the, I think it's the, the art of manliness is one of them. Um, Andy Frisella, I've been listening to him. 
he's got some people on there and he also endorses some people that I'm just like, man, I don't really like he's, he's very political. He's, he's more of like a, a statist, but he doesn't want to admit it. Ugh. You know what I mean? And so like, I'm not really a statist. I try to avoid I think, though, that. I don't, I don't know which is worse. People that believe in taxes or people that are just like out and out statists. Well, and, and I think one of the biggest things is like, so like a, a comment he made, he had uh, Dan Crenshaw. On, oh. uh, yeah. Yeah. Dan, I think it was Dan Crenshaw on his podcast and like, you know, and then Dan Crenshaw is talking positively of like people like Tim Kennedy. And I'm just like, ugh, I don't, I don't like either of you motherfuckers. I don't feel seriously. Bad his whole thing when like they ca- try to call him on his shit about like, you're like on the like world economic forum like young global leaders like dan crenshaw yeah yeah like dan crenshaw you are on this list like and he's like i i don't know how i got on there like yeah you know, well it's just, just like trump they just too. put People me on there same thing with trump it was like trump's kicking it with klaus schwab like he he endorsed him and then like the the owner of uh j and j did you see that where he was doing some like uh he's been doing a bunch of uh Oh, who is that? Um, uh, I forget who the. But you know what I mean, like yeah. the, the like the guys that were doing the fucking shot, they were pushing the shot and stuff like that. Well, Not, when uh, I think Kennedy it's... was on with Rogan, he was talking about like how when they were you know evacuating people out of Afghanistan, like he was there for a photo op with five eleven. Fuck you, and you didn't do shit. You made the situation worse, is what I heard from people over there. Well, what he was doing, like he openly admitted that he like. He flew some people, I think it was like to Albania or something like that, where for, um, uh, I think it was Soros. Really? Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I met it, or met his son, I think, who, like, dude. Had, there's a picture of Kennedy up against a, like, um, like a SUV on the, on the airstrip uh-huh. in Afghanistan. And he had an AK in his hand, I believe it was an AK. That was an AK that he had been given by a contractor. I talked to one of the contractors that were there when that photo was taken. Uh huh. And they were like, yeah, he asked one of the contractors for his AK to take a picture. I mean that. And I'd... then he took a picture with all of his 511 kit and people, that's why he got called out by a lot of people. Like it was just for a photo op. And so he was actually like creating more of a headache for a lot of the people that were actually trying to evacuate individuals then 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 yeah. he was actually helping um like there's uh, there's that's what why i was talking about andy frisella is like he he was like justifying you know these people are good people they care about the 2a and one of his ways he was justifying tim kennedy's like love for the 2a is that he just gives away guns and it was like that's not that's not what the that's, 2a is about yeah. the 2a like to an extent it has something to do with firearms but deep down it's it's deep it's deeper than that what are those firearms for? Why do we have the right to bear arms? I know this one. It's hunting tyrants. <laughs> I thought you, you were hunting. literally thought, just going to stop it hunting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was so like, I was just like, I'm gonna flip this fucking it. table. <laughs> yeah, but no, jokes like, on you. It's screwed to the wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna rip it out. I don't care. What's well, like when you're looking at all okay, the calibers? You know, you're like, you're like, okay, 22. That's good for rabbits and squirrels. 45-70. That's good for T-Rexes and tyrants. You know. I like it. It's the only government I trust. Yeah, forty-five-seven. That's literally one of the first things Mike ever said to me. He showed up to our fucking range day in like the most fuddy outfit. I think he had like a oh, a, dude, I a was uh, holster with a nineteen eleven. Uh, hey, it was Safari Land. Was it? It safari was a Land? Safari Land. Okay. 
Uh, I I will not you were stoop wearing the, to the, the level of the Serba. Amish vest though. Uh, Your wool vest. Hey 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 hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking loves that thing, man. You rock it, though. That is Filson, sir. Okay. That is a yeah. wool Filson vest. Okay, but but you did it intentionally. It's called, oh, yeah, no. So I was, I he was, showed up to an I Operational was, Industries Range Day. in-person trolling. Yeah, yeah, he was in-person trolling. It's called fashion, sweetie. Yes. Look it up. You know, because we're all about community, <laughs> and, and, and everyone's welcome, and this, yep. that, and the other. I yeah. was testing it to and, the extreme. And he fucking passed. <laughs> like, it, you know, you show up with a 45 70 with an m-lock rail and a fucking red dot and you just start running the v-tac barrier like everyone else bro dude that's why respect that's why i love mike you give this motherfucker ruled paper he'll write the other way like he doesn't care yeah he does not he does not obey the law yeah like I, it's, it's he was super, the highlight of the evening. It's super easy to I always <laughs> like to make an impression. Like that is, I but you were pe- the quietest one too, which is funny. I always want people to leave and be like, I don't fucking know what to think about that dude. Well, you yeah. know what they say: if you can't serve as a genuine example, you can always be a fucking shameful reminder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, like that. that's good. Yeah, it's the easiest. Honestly, the easiest way to keep Mike on task is just to give him a set of rules to make the that are actually the opposite of what i want him to do <laughs> i like it so if i'm like hey we need to really like hammer down and design this course and to me i'm like it's about which radio is right for me i'll be like yeah we need to do this course and it's about this one specific radio and for this one specific purpose and then he'll just turn around and he'll be like i'm not fucking doing that <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, you did exactly what I thought you would do. Yeah, that's great. You stepped into the the trap of product productivity. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's hard. It's it really is hard a lot of the time because like, it's uh, I don't know. It's you know, it's like I got everything. I got a lot of stuff rolling around in my brain, mm-hmm. and it's really hard to like really get it sharply organized. But that's where I have a Mikey. Mm-hmm. Is like I can just like kind of verbal diarrhea out and he puts it into like cohesive thoughts okay and it it keeps me a lot tighter on track okay so yeah it's nice it's it's a lot that's good it's good to have that see i have my wife for that but mikey works too yeah 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 no. I could be your wife, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're coming up on almost two hours on this podcast. I got to be up in four hours. So before we, before we end this podcast, um, the Grantham likes to end some of his videos with his people with uh, dad advice. I like to end mine with dad jokes. Okay. okay. This is something new. So um, who has a dad joke on top of the head they want to start with? Mikey, go ahead. <clears throat> you go first. Mike, you think about it while he goes. I'm going to look you in the eyes. Oh, God. I'm glad I'm up here. Why can't you hear a pterodactyl go to the bathroom? Why can't I hear a pterodactyl go to the bathroom? Because the P is silent. Oh, nice. I like that. That's a good one. So I have to interject right here because <laughs> I don't even know if I'll tell a joke. I will, t- I will tell this joke. It is a story. So, oh man, here we go. Mikey knows my sister. Oh God. Oh fuck. And she is possibly the most terrible person that I know. Oh man. God damn. (laughs) I hope you're listening to this. I'm going to clip this and send it to her. Hell yeah. Because I'm going to shame her publicly on the internet to at least 150 people. I just want to point out. You gave him a very clearly defined set of rules. 
He's not obeying I'm, that. I'm not going to all obey right. it. Let's do it. So we're all sitting around one day, and my niece, who is maybe nine at the time. Okay. And she is, like, we're spelling words. Okay. And someone says, how do you spell pterodactyl? Oh, no. And starts off, her, my niece's father starts off and says, well, it's P, T. And my sister interjects and goes, there's no T. And I go, there's a fucking P in pterodactyl. I promise you. If there's one thing that a boy knows about, it's, it's fucking dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. So trust me when I tell you, there's a P in pterodactyl. And she said, if there is a P in pterodactyl, you can fuck off. We have never let her live this down because I Googled that shit so fast. was like, look at this. Look, there's a, there's a P there. There's pterodactyl. It starts with a P. And so now that is like that has been the one of the longest running jokes. The other one was, "What are you, queer boy? Oh, eat yeah. the pizza. Yeah, eat oh, the pizza. That, yeah, and nice. I like that one. To this day, whenever <laughs> there is pizza served in the treasure household, it is, "What are you, queer boy? Eat the pizza. Eat the pizza. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah. 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 That is come the... over for pizza sometime. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm gonna come over for pizza and I'm gonna go fuck myself because yeah. I'm canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna text you guys later. I'm like, yo, the the podcast is gone. Yeah. <laughs> we can awesome. just cut. We can just cut Mike. Cut yeah. that. Cut that. Yeah, just cut that last part. <laughs> just... No, dude, it's staying. Fuck it. Yeah. Um. So, how can people find you? How how can people support you? Obviously, we're gonna be doing some more stuff together in the future through Operational Industries. But you guys are your own entity. Um. How can people show you guys support and 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 grow HXC Comms? Uh, HXC underscore comms on Instagram, uh, W7HXC underscore comms on Instagram. Uh, for me, that's me and Mike, respectively. Um, www.hardcorecoms.com. And uh, that should give you the link to all of the rest of our socials. Best way to support us buy a shirt, buy a sticker, uh, sign up for a class, let us program your radio, talk to us on Instagram, reach out, hang out. All of those things uh, help us spread the word. You know, if you can't buy a shirt, you can't buy a sticker. Show our profile to five friends. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, okay. yeah. And right. if and even if you guys are too lazy to do that, and you're just still watching what we're doing, uh, we're going to be doing a lot more with HXC Comms in in the future. Um, we've done what three or four classes. Th- three classes. I think three classes. Now. Three classes yeah. now. Um, we were supposed to have one, but there was a little. A little mishap that happened that we weren't able to fall through with it, but not just classes. We're going to be actually working collaborative and creating a product to release to you guys in the future. So we're really excited about that. That's something that we're working on right now. Um, but yeah, so that was our our uh, podcast. I think it was. I think that was a good episode. I, think I was, was going to say we definitely need to get uh, we need to get you know Ben. Ben needs to be here. Ben next needs time. to Ben be here next time. For, yeah, like for sure. It'd be good to have Ben because now people kind of get to know who you guys are, and then yeah. we'll have Ben here as <laughs> oh Jesus <laughs> the the other side of things, and it'll be good. It'd be good conversation. Yeah, it sucks he missed it, but hey, um, it is what it is. Hey, we love him. I love, we you, love, ben. We we love, love you, Ben. We love you, Ben. We love you, Ben. All right, well that is it. We are out of here. Peace. <laughs>